stand with me if you would. What could we say about Jesus? It hasn't already been said. Books and libraries. Speeches of great renown. But the reason why there's so many words about him is because he was the word in flesh. Cannot exhaust who he was and what he is to us. So this Christmas, we celebrate Jesus as the light of the world. Oh, does our world ever need a light? Amen. In these days, we need the light of the world. John 8, 12 in Scripture, if you wanted to read along with me, it just simply says, I am the light of the world. Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall, walk, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Say with me, Jesus is the light. And we come to adore him tonight simply because of the fact that he went before us. Amen? He's always supposed to be out front. And whatever happens in our life, if we put Jesus first, you will succeed in all things. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful night of candlelight service. We thank you as we cherish you as the light of the world. But let us not forget that you always have to go before us. In order for you to do the work that you were designed to do, to dispel darkness, you have to be out in front of us, Jesus. You have to be our primary focus, our first look at life, our first focus, Lord Jesus. So we ask you to help each one of us to turn our eyes toward you and to bring our, our attention to the light of the world tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. He's the light of the world. There are two types of light in the world. There's spiritual light and there is physical light. Plants obviously grow toward physical light. Plants will not remove themselves from light. I don't know if you know that. But plants will not willingly move away from light. They are phototropic. They draw near to the light. And as we talk about Jesus tonight, as we go into our candlelighting moment, I wonder if maybe we can understand that when Jesus does a work in us, he will always bring an awakening or a light to our life first. There will be illumination in something in our life where we recognize either I need to change or this needs to change, and Jesus is the one that does that for us. Amen? And so when we talk about and sit in darkness, we recognize that there's not very much you can do when you don't have light. We just went through a little bit of a windstorm here in Wisconsin, and we were out of power for two days, and when the light came back on, it was one of those moments where I went, oh, thank you, Jesus. Have you ever been there? where you were just so thankful you could flip a switch and light would come on. We had candles. We had all of the things going on. But still, man, did we ever need that power back on because the light was also the heat of our life. It also was our nourishment. It was able to cook food and things of that nature. So we were celebrating the light that came back on just the other day. And I was reading through Matthew. And I don't know if you have things jump out at you and just kind of slap you in the face when you're reading the Word of God. But when I got to Matthew chapter number 2 and verse number 13, 12 and 13, it says, Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed from their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. Everybody say illumination. Light always comes before direction. 
And if you obey the Lord, you're always going to have some light come to your life before you're asked to obey. Joseph in a dream saying, arise. Everyone say arise. That word right there in the original language means to wake, waken up from your sleep or to arouse yourself, to be shaken. Take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. The Herod was trying to kill Jesus. We know the story, man. We just watched the beautiful play this morning about it and Herod being so deranged that he thought that his power would be taken away. And so then again, we see that Herod passes off the scene and there's prophecy that's fulfilled. But then in verse 20 of the same verse of the same chapter, it says, saying, arise. So the angel comes again. Now when Herod, verse 19, was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For there, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. And so not only did the angel come to him once and say, I'm going to spare the Savior of the world from man's hand, but then the angel came to him again and said, the threat is gone. Arise and go both times saying, awaken yourself, arouse yourself, wake up, take a candle and go back. Take to the light of the world, the Jesus Christ, and go back into the place where you're supposed to be. And if you read down all the way through that chapter, you find places where it talks about Jesus being the one who was talked about. And then in three, John is comes on the scene and he's saying, make straight the paths or make his path straight. In other words, when you have the light of the world in your life, the next thing that happens is everything lines up. Amen. Everything starts to make sense. Suddenly, the things that were confusing to you become very plain and easy to do. And him himself being the light of the world meant that that he was going to be able to shed the darkness in front of us. And so that kind of light is the light that I want in my life tonight. And today we celebrate that as the creator's handiwork, Jesus Christ, the son of God in a manger. What could we say about this Jesus? The one who made night, night who which formerly was dark and dreary and in a place where there's spiritual darkness. He turned night into something glorious. Amen. Because light came. And so we sing about the wonderful night that Jesus came, but then also bringing other things to our understanding that he was the word made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. So he was the, the heralding of all of time that Jesus Christ would be the brow prepared for thorns. And he was the one prepared for nails and that he would be the one who died for us that when we look at the manger and it says this is Jesus and he will save his people from their sins that no matter what area of his life you look at whether you look at Jesus as a baby or you look at him as an adolescent in the temple where he was there and he said I must be about my father's business or you look at him on the cross or you look at him in the tomb or you look at him coming out resurrection day on on Easter whether you look at him at any stage in his life the Bible is clear that when you look into Jesus when you come and adore him at any stage of his life. It's a salvation message. And any church that loses this message as its anchoring gospel, any church that loses the light of the world as its anchoring momentum will be chaos. It will be in, in, 
entangled in all kinds of activity and busyness, but it will lose the power that it was supposed to be enthroned with. The power of the church was supposed to know that there is a light of the world, and every time we get together, we can herald that the light of Jesus Christ is in our lives, and we have a right to celebrate it because that light has come, and I wish I could just not mess up a beautiful Christmas service and do a little preaching right now, but any time we get to a point where we think that God is not moving and God is not shedding light because the world has got so much darker, he will shake his church and he'll say, arise, get up, take the body of Christ and go someplace where I'm telling you to go. In other words, every time the greatest move of God's happened, any time the body of Christ is moved, the picture here is that there's going to be a light come, there's going to be an awakening come, and then from that awakening, the angel or the voice of the Lord will say, this is what you shall do. And in this moment, right now, in the darkness of our day, I feel like we're going into 2022 with an awakening on the voice of the church, with every herald that gets in a pulpit saying, we better wake up for where we're headed. We better get a light out in front of us. We better get this thing turned on because God is calling us as angels and as power sets down in his church and on his people. There is an awakening going on. God is literally saying to the church right now, arise, get up, rise up, stand up, wake up and take the candle in your hand. I've got a place for you to go. I am coming for the body of Christ. Wake up, brothers and sisters. That is the message that God sent me to tell you that there is so much power and understanding that the light of the world has come and he's coming again for his church. And the message will always be, wake up and move. Wake up and move. The wake up message is happening right now. So that means that the light of the world is coming back for his church. Like never before I feel it when I pray. Like never before I feel it that the, that the, the, the allegory used by the light is not just some sort of thing that we like to put into place in the services, but it literally is the Lord our God who is a light. He's the light of truth and his truth and his light and his word is the thing that is eternal in our life. And everything is changed by the word of God. Can I tell the church today? That when we light our candle, we're saying, Lord, you're my light and you're my salvation. You are what brought me out and you are what, you're what's going to bring me out when you come again. Would you stand with me as we go to the candle lighting moment in this service? Thank you, Jesus. Bow your heads for just a moment. Thank you, Jesus, for being the light of the world, the light in my life. Prepare your hearts to herald him as your light again as we go into this candle lighting service. With every head bowed still and every eye closed, would you make him your light right now? Would you say, whatever darkness I have in my life, Jesus, 
would you move in with your light? Would you move into my situation? And whatever you choose to move out, Lord, I pray that you would allow me to see that I'm not losing something, but you're moving it so that the new can come, so that the light can be shed in my heart. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Now, would you open your eyes and would you just receive a candle as we go into our candlelighting service? There is a base and a candle. You have to put the candle into the base, which is kind of a tight fit. When you do light the candle from one person to the other, hold your candle that's not lit over the one who is lit and let them hold theirs upright. And try not to tip them so there's no candle wax dripping. I'm so glad he said, I am the light of the world. Because that uniquely defined his identity as the I am of Moses all the way through time, the light of the world. Jesus was claiming that he is exclusively the source of our spiritual light. And though physical light has to be present for life to be present, Spiritual light has to be present for spiritual life to be present. And so as we understand these truths, we know that this is available to all mankind, that all who are in darkness can come to him and have light. Amen. We'll walk through this process together. We're going to light this candle off of this video that we're going to watch, and then we're going to have someone come up and share the light from this candle to everyone else as we do the candle lighting service. You can begin the video. absence of light, the loss of direction, no frame of reference, the presence of fear and uncertainty, void, and then a light. It starts as a flicker 
It's not glaring for all to see, but it's a light nonetheless. Beautiful and mysterious, helping us to see, guiding us, warming us, comforting us. It is growing. It is shining brighter now. In one timeless moment, something of heaven is birthed through the tears of a teenage girl and the cry of a newborn baby king. All of heaven is perched at the edge of the sky, watching, waiting. God is sending the light of heaven into the dark of this world, to the young, to the old, to the weak, to the strong, to the lost, to the found. He is coming to us. He is walking with us. He is dying for us. He is living in us. Our unthinkable darkness is being shattered by unbearable light. And we gather to see, to view with fresh eyes again, the light that all the darkness in the world cannot ever extinguish. Jesus is the light of the world. As we celebrate this light, we hold in our hand the very thing he promised us, that we would never walk in darkness. And as we hold up our candle today, it is more important that we know that his light is in our life than anything else. Because not only do we look to him for our light, but we recognize tonight as we hold this candle that without him, the light over each one of us, we would be nothing. We cannot bring him good works. We cannot bring him the best of ourselves, and it be good enough. But because he came and was the light of the world and died for us, though our righteousness may be filthy rags, his righteousness was able to save us. So we celebrate this light. We hold it up in Jesus' name. Lord, we come to you knowing that you are the light of the world the God who gave us resurrection, the God who gave us life, the God who gave us hope, the God who gave us a situation in darkness where we can turn to light, that when we find ourselves in a position that is utterly dark, we know that that is not our staying position. That is not where we belong, for you have brought light into the world, and we can turn any circumstance around with the light that you brought Jesus, that you, being in any situation, can literally turn it around. 
So I'm asking right now in this candlelight service that anyone that has come here with a lack of hope, a lack of joy, a lack of true light in their life, as they hold their candle high, they are reminded that you are the reason why we have light in our life. You are the reason that we have hope and the joy that we celebrate is not a happiness like this world, but a true deep joy and the light of the world has come and all things will be illuminated in him. All things shall be good when he is finished and I praise you and I thank you for the remembrance tonight of the light of the world. In Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. And as we celebrate this, we know that Jesus was called the Nazarene because whenever they brought Jesus back toward Jerusalem, Joseph was somewhat still afraid, and so he turned off and went into Nazareth. And even in Acts 2, they called them, the Christians, the Nazarene because they were like Jesus in the sense that the word Nazarene means set apart. And separate. So as we finish this candlelighting service, we're going to blow out our candles in the congregation and go back to that one separate candle to remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. Put your candle out tonight, remembering that Jesus is that one true light. In Jesus' name. You may be seated.
for this service. We thank you for this reminder. We thank you for everyone who participated tonight to lift you up in song and in their hearts, in their lives. Help us to put a bow on each one of our hearts for you, Jesus, for we bring nothing to you except ourselves. And at this Christmas time, as we herald you as the light of the world, let us bring our hearts to you, Jesus, as the greatest gift we can give is ourselves. We appreciate you for teaching us, guiding us throughout this year. And so we celebrate you as the light of the world on this Christmas day. In Jesus' precious name. Everybody said amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas. I hope you get all the presents you want. And uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs>